don't know about you, but I kind of feel like this might be the year. This might be the year for the University of Oklahoma defense led by Mike Stoops. This is not the year. I think it's the year. There will not be a year. You know, okay. <laughs> Listen. Look here. All right. Understand that the last time we uh, we held a podcast, I'm pretty sure we probably both were like, yeah, we're never going to win anything with Mike Stoops. Yeah. And I understand this. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. But look at the facts here, okay? Look at the talent coming in defensively the last two classes, right? Top ten classes, sure. Two top ten classes in a row. Hadn't been done at Oklahoma in years. All right? And if you look at the defense, and it's not like those were offensively heavy classes. Like, it wasn't like the offensive rankings were hold, holding up these deep, like these classes. Defense, there was legit talent. And I think the argument can be made that at each level of the defense, in either the 2017 or 2018 class, there was an elite group. You know, I would say the 20, um, 2017 I mean, between the 2017 and 2018 recruiting class, both pretty dang good. Um, I think there's an elite group between the two of those classes. I think the 2017 linebacker class was pretty dang good. You know, look at Kenneth Murray, Levi Draper, you know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Jones, who we didn't even know was a linebacker until this spring, making waves, making waves. And then the 2018 defensive line class is one of the best position groups we've pulled, like, anywhere in a long time. What's not to like, I ask you? What's not to like? All right. So now I get to rain on the parade. First off, let me start by saying that you did this last year. Did I? Yeah, you did. I believe if you... Oh, my goodness. We can play back the tape of you saying that we would have, what did you say, a top 11... Yeah, I may or may not have said number 11 in the country. Um, so, Are you accusing me of being a Mike Stoops defender? I don't know. kind of sounds like we're recycling takes here. Um, but So let's talk about this defense. Okay. Um, first off, I just want to talk a little bit about linebackers. Linebackers. So, like... Hold up, hold up. Before we get to this... There's been like some of the biggest news of spring football. Mm-hmm. Caleb Kelly, our boy, you mm-hmm. and I both love Caleb Kelly. Yeah. How could you not? Played most of last year on a torn labrum. <laughs> Caleb Kelly got moved to a more natural position for him. Dude's going to be an All-American this year. Sure. That was the right move. He said he needs to move to Will, mm-hmm. um, especially if Boogie ends up playing nickel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sure, that's a good move. I think we're doing the, um, the Sacramento Kings offseason thing okay. where, they approxi- where they just approximate good moves and everyone applauds. Okay. Like, yes, move Caleb Kelly to Will. Um, you know, the linebackers, there's, I think a, there's a sense that there's depth there now. And there really still isn't. Um, it's just that last year, the depth was so bad um, that people forgot what a good linebacking core looks like. 
It turns out, by the way, Emmanuel Beal should probably have been playing safety his entire college career. Yeah, um, he was faster than like all of our defensive backs, so that was that was great. Yeah, and he was playing well linebacker mm-hmm. because we didn't have any. Um, so here's my argument. Mm-hmm. See, I kind of obviously from a proven talent standpoint, yeah, the depth's not amazing, but um, Kenneth Murray played a full season. Sure. Um, Everything we've ever heard about Kenneth Murray is that this guy works harder than anyone else on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been he talked about he he was quoted saying he's watched the Rose Bowl at least fifty times or something crazy, mm-hmm. um, and so he saw everything in that you know that we did, and he's doing everything he can to fix it. We everyone knows, athletically, physically, he has the ability to be great at that position, and if he works as hard as he seemingly does, I don't know how there won't be a huge jump from freshman to sophomore. He had never played inside linebacker before last year. The guy played either like a jack linebacker or safety in high school. Like nothing even close to inside linebacker last year. Caleb Kelly is the man. All right. He's going to be incredible this year. All right. We talked about last year, you know, towards the end of the season, he finally started making plays. You know, he was huge in the Rose Bowl and the Big 12 championship game. Um, and he's just always been an athletic freak. Um, yeah. And now moving him to a spot where you can't really scheme around him so much, that's going to help. Sure. Now look behind them. John Michael Terry almost won the middle linebacker job last year. If he hadn't broken his foot, um, which news broken by us kind of, by the <laughs> way, uh, then there's no talent. Like, he could have been the starter at middle linebacker last year. We don't know. We don't have this information. Um Levi Draper, top 250 recruit, Army All-American, a guy that just from a physical athletic standpoint, a cut above even, I mean definitely a cut above Emmanuel Beal, but even yeah. guys like Dominique Alexander, um, Jordan, he's in the Jordan Evans, you know, that, that kind mm-hmm. of guy. Um, so to me, you look at the two inside positions, that's too deep, that's easy. And then that's not even including a guy like, Curtis Bolton, who's been here for five years, and he's backed up every position. Um, so he can at least be thrown out there. And he looked fine when he was healthy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got guys like Ryan Jones coming out of nowhere. Everything I've heard about him is that just he's even more athletic than Caleb Kelly or Kenneth Murray. Like the guy came in as a legit wide receiver prospect or safety prospect, mm-hmm. and now he's a linebacker. You know what I mean? That's, that's crazy. To me, that's a lot. That's a lot to get excited about. That that's certainly interesting. Um, what it sounds like, though, when we talk about the linebackers, is that there's just a lot of variables. Um, I think that in order for these linebackers to be good, like Caleb Kelly is changing positions. We think that's a good move, but it's still a move, mm-hmm. right? Kenneth Murray could take a step forward. Levi Draper and John Michael Terry could play up to their potential. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're talking at this point about five or six things that could happen, and we need them to happen. Well, and I just don't know. You know, if you look at the track record of Timothy Kish. By the way, they're coached by Tim Kish. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not a good argument at all. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just, I guess my thing is, though, we just haven't had guys like this, you know? Yeah. The the amount of, like, 
I just think from a physical and talent standpoint, every guy in that two deep is more talented than the linebackers we had when Tim Kish, since Tim Kish has been here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Jordan Evans, but Jordan Evans was so inconsistent. It was tough to kind of. I struggle with thinking about his career because it was just there were a lot of low points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, he made plays, but I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to give him a ton of credit. Um, I don't know. I'm just really high. I love I love Kenneth Murray and Caleb Kelly. I think they're gonna be studs. Um, also, from the sound of it, like you know, we've got to kind of throw in some outside linebackers because it really does seem like we are committed. We're gonna go three four. You know, yeah, a lot of three four stuff. Yeah, and Jalen Redmond, high praise. I mean, of course, we both love Jalen Redmond. He's yeah. gonna be awesome. He's gonna be seven five, four hundred pounds, and he's gonna run a four five forty. That's like, it. Yeah. No, he's incredible. Um, Addison Gums, super talented. We, t- I mean, we talked about this on our last podcast. We yeah. love these guys. It sounds like they're gonna, from a, an alignment standpoint, it could be shifting back to more of a twenty fifteen type look where we have two true outside linebackers. Like it kind of sounds like Mark Jackson is playing opposite Addison Gums and Jalen Redmond, mm-hmm. which I think is gonna really help the pass rush. Which, I mean, I guess an argument for the defense not being great is oh, we lost Oboe. Yeah, um, yeah, that's not making my arguments. For I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry. No, yeah, the like the Jack position that um, it it looks like it's in a good spot in terms mm-hmm. of recruiting, and the same can be said about the line, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of complaints other than losing Oboe isn't nothing. Oboe was really good. Oboe was good. Um, I just my hope and. You know, maybe I am putting too much faith in this uh, group of coaches. But to me, the fact that you've got three legitimate guys that I think there's not going to be a ton of separation between uh, Mark Jackson, Addison Gums, and even Jalen Redmond, mm-hmm. um, I think there's all the more reason to have multiple of those guys on the field and or, and, or to rotate them more. Because yeah. I think that hurt Oboe a lot. I don't think Oboe was fully effective because he played so freaking much last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he was dying at the end of so many games. Yeah, and he was just worn down. He didn't do anything the last, like, four games of the year. Yeah. You know, he yeah. was dead tired. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I kind of just think with the, the improved depth at that position as well that we're going to see similar results to what we got from Oboe last yeah. year, even. I think it's possible. Now... Addison Gums and Mark Jackson were on the roster last year, too, and we didn't mm-hmm. see them play together. Right. Um, yeah. So, again, we're, this is another thing where we're saying that this could happen mm-hmm. if Mike makes the correct decision here. Yeah. Um, like, you're betting on Mike Stoops, which yeah. is frightening. Well, and I guess I'll kind of move into my next thing, is defensive line is drawing a lot of praise out of, out of spring, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they've, they've moved Neville Gallimore to the nose, which mm-hmm. I think a lot like Caleb Kelly, I think that's his natural position. Yeah, He's going to be able, yeah, like he was never the guy that had enough, like just length to really flourish on the outside. Like he was mm-hmm. being put in last year. Um, but if you put him up against guards and centers, like athletically, he's just going to be better than them. Yeah. You know, this guy is a freakish athlete. Uh, so moving him more interior, I think, is really going to help. Um, we still have Overton. We still have Famatau, you know, which mm-hmm. uh, presumably Famatau is going to be better. Um, and then Amani Bledsoe, 
is a guy that I really like. Like, he's drawn praise since his freshman year. Yeah. And last year was just kind of a throwaway year to me because he missed almost half the season with suspension. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now this is a guy that's going to have gone through a full off season again. Um, and I, I just expect a breakout year from Amani Bledsoe as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I mean, of the, of the position groups on the defense, I don't think the line will be the problem. Okay. Um, they're talented. They're, they're good. Um, and the moves, it looks like the right moves are happening. Yeah. There. Um, you know what is going to be a problem? What's that? That's going to be the secondary. Secondary. Okay. Listen, I know that we've got Buki now. Yeah. And do I even need to say anymore? Yeah, let's talk about Buki for, yeah, for just I'll, a quick I'll minute. I'll let you, you, you sing the praises of All right. Radley, Radley Hiles here. Buki Radley Hiles is going to be a playmaker like we have not seen at the University of Oklahoma since, I mean, at least Tony Jefferson. I think he's like gonna be a bit more of a playmaker than Tony Jefferson. Even um, he's a higher level athlete, in my opinion. Um, and like, if you go beyond that, I don't even know where you go. Like, there just hasn't been a playmaker in that secondary in a long time. You've had solid guys. You've had really good cover guys that just kind of shut things down, and like mm-hmm. a guy like Aaron Colvin. But there hasn't been a guy that just makes plays. And it seems like Buki not only could make plays. But he can make plays at any position. You know, yeah. if they want to play. It seems like nickel is where he's playing right now, and which I love it. I think yeah. it's great, especially with Kelly moving to the will. Mm-hmm. Um, getting him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, I don't see a real downside there. Um, that's a guy that he's going to be able to blow up bubble screen type things. He's yeah. going to be able to make plays from that position. Um, we haven't had a guy like that, you know. Will Johnson was a decent nickel, but he was just a guy that did an okay job. Julian Wilson, same thing. Like mm-hmm. They were okay nickels, but they weren't guys that just made plays. They just kind of kind of did their job. You yeah. know what I mean? There wasn't a, a real advantage game. Like, their job was just to be solid. Um, I think Buki's going to be a legit playmaker. Um, you've got Kerry Cooks talking about how... I mean, honestly, Kerry Cooks stopped short of saying that Buki's the best player he's ever coached, like, but just barely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was talking about, I haven't been around a guy like this in a long time. You know, and if you look back, like, Kerry Cooks' coaching career is not that long, so it's kind of yeah. almost like he was saying, I've never been a ge- around a guy like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the praise, and the idea that they're just moving him around so many positions just tells you how good he is at processing information at each position. Yeah. Because if he wasn't great, they wouldn't be, all right, now go try safety. Oh, uh, let's see what you do at corner. You know what I mean? If yeah. they weren't confident in what he what he was doing at every position, they wouldn't be moving him around so much. Buki's going to be awesome. Buki's going to be awesome. And he wears number 44, which is cool. It's really cool. That's great. That worked out perfectly. Um, here's my thing. Okay. There's going to be usually four other defensive backs on the field. Okay. And they're not going to be as awesome as Buki. Not going to be as awesome. Yeah. Here's my thing in safety. All right. Let's talk about safety. Let's talk about safety. Yeah, I think most people would look at the safety position as the weakest position on the defense. Um, just because, you know, we just lost Stephen Parker, Will yeah. Johnson. Cool. But my thing about this is, 
if we just get guys that are solid and do their job, that's literally all we've had at OU for the last freaking 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Tony Jefferson's the best safety we've had at OU in the last 10 years, and that's, like, the only guy that I think is even notable that's played that position. Mm-hmm. Safety has been a crap position for this defense for years, and we've still kind of worked around it at times. Okay, so I'm not, I just, I don't think it's going to be a super, like, I don't think it's going to be a downgrade. I think they're going to put guys out there that can, you know, they can do their job, you know, and that will just be, it'll just be kind of a wash for what we've had. Okay. I think, yeah, there's some, I think losing Stephen Parker is a pretty big deal. Um, I but, And I like Robert Barnes, and I think he will play well, but he's young, mm-hmm. and really, you could say he was promising last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, people definitely hold that play against TCU against him too much, where he just looked clueless in the open field. Yeah. And, like, he absolutely did. But, dude, coming off a broken leg, you know, I'm going to give him, I'm going to cut him some slack. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, and my thing with Steven Parker is that, like, he was fine. I like Steven Parker. He was a good leader for the defense, but man, the last play that guy ever made before that the play in the Rose Bowl, we returned that fumble, was that knockdown pass in 2015. That was that's, his sophomore year. That's fair. Like and he it, almost went two years yeah. without making a notable play. And it's really important to note that neither of those notable plays required him to catch a ball in the air. <laughs> no, he had the worst hands in the history of football. Like... The guy, I don't know. I just, I just think he was a solid football player. I don't think he's an irreplaceable guy. I agree, but I don't know. <coughs> I'm not certain that we have the guy to replace him. I think this is another situation where the question is, we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're getting a lot of those now. Um, Khalil Houghton, I just don't know about Khalil Houghton. Yeah, that's now or never. I mean... It's he's a senior. Like he was a really high level recruit. Um, this is it. This is it. This is he's got to do it right now. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, if he's not well established, which it doesn't sound like he will be, um, I I hope somebody else wins that job from him because we kind of know what we're gonna get from him. Yeah. We're gonna get a guy who he's okay, but even that is just more of the same to me. Like. Yeah. I think he will be able to do at least what Will Johnson did last year. You know, Will Johnson was not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fine, um, injury riddled. But like, I think we're at least gonna have the quality of the safeties we had last year. Yeah. I just do. Okay. So there's one more position in one the more secondary position. that we need to talk about. I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. Okay. So corner. Corner. Sell me on corner. All right. Let me sell you on corner a little bit. All right. So. I think we have the best depth we've had at corner in, I don't eight, nine years, okay? Um, I think we both could agree that Trey Norwood, in the position he was put in last year, was pretty successful. Mm. I mean, obviously at times, you know, in the Rose Bowl especially, he had trouble tackling some NFL running backs. But yeah. um, as, as far as covering the pass, like he did a f- decent job, and – our secondary went from being, like you said, the worst secondary 
in like OU history to like just an okay like mediocre secondary. Like mm-hmm. he kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit. Um, and then I look over at Parnell Motley. Uh, the guy made plays early in the season. He did. I think as the court the season progressed, he lost confidence. He had one horrific game, one game that just you know you can't have. You know, you maybe you can afford one of those kinds of games mm-hmm. your, in your entire career. But, yeah, he was horrible. Um, but after that, he came back. He was I thought he was good in the Rose Bowl. He was one of, like, two guys on the defense that were like, he played well. You know, him and Stephen Parker, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a guy that I've always trusted him. Like, he's one of our better open field tacklers from that position. I trust that. Um, I think he, And he's got some pretty pretty decent ball skills. Behind him, Trey Brown, athletically speaking, is superior to any corner we've had in years. Like, Kerry Cooks has talked about it. Like, it's time for him to step up because for a guy that has his kind of speed and his build, like, he could be truly special. Um, mm. Like, Kerry Cooks kind of without – like, he's basically said, if Trey Brown wants to be the best corner, none of these other guys have a chance to compete with him because none of the other guys have his strength or his speed. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just about him putting it together. And when we saw him on the field last year, he didn't play a lot. No, but, but he had like he two interceptions it. knocked out by penalty against OSU, and he just did things no, against liked, TCU. He was good. I liked Trey Brown last year, and I thought he should have played more. Yeah. Um. All right. And that's not even talking about Jordan Parker, who kind of had a Trey Norwood effect on the 2016 defense when mm-hmm. we just couldn't find a corner opposite Jordan Thomas, and he kind of just stopped the bleeding. He went from making that, like, the worst position ever to, like, just kind of mediocre. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was him as a freshman. Yeah. So it does sound, you know, we've got we've got depth here. Um, but in turn... Each one of these corners has either had horrible games um, that contributed to two, two, I should say, of the worst passing defenses in Oklahoma history, twenty, uh, you know, twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen, um, or they were brought on and kind of stopped the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like, so, is the bleeding going to start again this season, like it did last season? And then somebody else is going to have to come on and kind of stop the bleeding. I think that Trey Brown and Trey Norwood can be great corners. I, but the most they've been is adequate compared to horrible. Like, like the like our praise for them is that they, when they got onto the field, the defense was less horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's not a great place to be starting. I feel like we've got a lot of guys who can play not horrible defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many guys, how many guys in this group can play good defense. Yeah, I think I, I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to just blindly be optimistic about this group, just because there is. Just the fact that there are legitimately four guys, like I, we just haven't had that level of competition. No. If you look at the the guys that have really sucked, like truly sucked, like Jordan Thomas was truly horrible last year. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who was never pushed by anyone else on the roster. Like he, it wasn't until 
he had like ten bad games that yeah. they were like finally, all right, we've got to we got to go to Trey Norwood. We got to go to the freshman. Um, I just don't think any of these guys are going to have that benefit, you know. And like Dakota Austin the year before, like he kind of won that job by default just because mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody there um, mm-hmm. to take it. Um, and so I just don't think there's going to be any winning by default. Like whoever is starting at corner is, I think, going to have had to play at a reasonably high level up until that point in practice against some of the best receivers in the country. That's fair. Against one of the best offenses in the country. That's fair. Um, and I, I'm that makes me optimistic about what we're going to see at corner. Yeah. I think, again, we're talking about things that could go right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, this is especially bad with corner because you need them both to go right. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if it doesn't work out in either spot, both spots will end up being pretty bad. Yeah, and I also, I think Buki factors in there a little bit too oh, yeah. because if they are really... If they only have one guy that can get it done, I don't. I think they'll move Buki out there. Mm-hmm. I think they really would because nickel is a position you can hide more easily yeah. than than corner. Um, and it, let's say Parnell Motley kind of establishes himself, but no one else does. Um, I think then, if nothing else, they would move Buki out there, and I, then I think the position's fine. Yeah, and you can find a guy to play nickel. You can move Chance Sylvie up there and play him. That's fine. Yeah. Um. You could have Ryan Jones play nickel. You could have Ryan Jones. Yeah, you could just have a big nickel. Like that'd be great. Yeah. So, I mean, when I look at all of this, what I do, I see like ten, maybe twelve things that could break our way, and the defense is good next year. Mm-hmm. But my question is, how many of those things can be tough breaks for us before the defense is not good? Right. And I think that number is, I mean. I don't think we can afford to miss very much yeah. in terms of these prospects this offseason. Yeah, so if I had to make you guess right now, and let's talk S&P Plus. I, don't, I do not care about total defense numbers. No one I, should. I just don't. Um, top 50 or below? Or No, 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 top 60. We'll top, say top 60 half-ish. or below? Yeah. Jeez. Really? Uh, <laughs> you know... Because we were, what, what, 100-something last yeah, year, right? No. Yeah, no. So this would be tremendous improvement. Um, I could see a top 60 performance. Mm-hmm. I think that we wouldn't have to get everything right in order to be a how many, power five defense. So let's, how many things did we list? Like, was it... Well, we so have we need uh, Caleb Kelly to Caleb work at the Kelly will. Caleb Kelly to work at the will. We Kenneth Murray to make a jump. Him. Um, we can we can say John Michael Terry and Levi Draper. Now nah, let's let's leave them out. Let's okay. leave them out of this. Okay. Um, we need the defensive line to improve the way we think it's going to. Yeah. We need to replace Obo mm-hmm. with more overall talent. Yeah. Um, we need two corners. Yeah. To step up, and we need safeties to just be a wash for what they were. Yeah. So that's six, six things. things. Some of those are combo positions. Yeah. Um. How many of those things do you think we need to have a top 60 defense? I think we, well, it depend, to me it depends partially on which which of the six, but I'm going to say four of the six, four of the six and we'll have 60. a top 60 defense. Okay, how many of those would have to go, 
Like, you'd probably have to get all six if we wanted a defense as good as the 2015 defense. Yeah, right? I would say we would that all six of those things would need to work out. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. And so you didn't answer the question. Though. Top 60 or below? No, I said, I, th- I think hitting a four of six isn't, I don't think that's impossible. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'll say it's, we can have a top 60 defense next we year. We can have a top It'll 60 It'll be a, defense. we will have a power five defense. Yeah. And if we had had that last year, we would have. We're well, talking national. We would have won the national championship. We're talking national championship. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not saying I'm not optimistic for next year overall. You're just telling me that this isn't the year. That this it. this isn't the year the defense is good. Okay. All right. Well, I. Okay. In all honesty, I was a little over over the top with this because <laughs> I wanted a. I thought it would be a good argument to have. It was a good argument. Um, and those that kind of we were able to address our concerns with the defense. Yeah. Because like realistically. I'm a little bit more in line with you for sure. I'm I'm no. inherently more optimistic than yeah. most fans. Like and, I, I thought we were gonna be I I said number eleven last year and I said B plus. And I don't think we're gonna be I don't think we're gonna be horrible this year. No. I think I just the talent is there. Yeah. And the thing about it is that a top sixty defense, this team is amazing. Like mm-hmm. a, assuming things go right on offense and I'm more confident about that than I probably should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am. Uh, yeah, no. If if we have a top 60 defense, this team's going to the playoff again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so there's spring game this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is kind of – this is our spring game preview. Welcome yeah. to the Oklahoma Drive. Welcome. <laughs> um, we did a 30-minute intro. This was very podcast yeah. and played nobody. I know. I, I, that's That was my thought. Perfect. Um, yeah, I no. I uh, I've got a. I'm so mad I didn't burn you, after you after you launched into your tirade about the defense being good. I was going to open with all right. Welcome to worst take. <laughs> there we go. That, that's Ooh, a good I line. Like that that's is, a good that's line, good. and I didn't get to use it. Uh, but this is the Oklahoma drill. It's Ryan and Alex, and we're recording a podcast. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry that we are college students. No, well, also not sorry. Nothing happened. No. I mean, Buki. Yeah, but Buki. we covered that. We did. We did. Uh, but we could have been covering it for months. This could have been the Buki Chronicles, but we just... <laughs> we let you guys down. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. We, we we really missed our chance to be the Brian Windhorse of Buki Radley Hiles. I just want to say, if we had been like committed... Do you remember... Okay, so for a brief period of time, we had a basketball podcast. Yeah, we, oh, we could have been talking about basketball for... We could. We Ours. could have, absolutely, because all the great things we said about our basketball team last time are just gone and dead. Yeah. Um, they ended poorly. Trey Young is gone, and we're sad. But um, but briefly, we had a basketball podcast, and last summer, we spent about 30 minutes talking about a Jeremy Grant thing that was just <laughs> super small. And yeah. I just... So if you think that these episodes run long, by the way... Go check out, I don't know if the hosting is still up. If it is, you should go check out Oops, or what is it? Alley Oops. Alley Oops we made, made a basketball, basketball podcast. If you want to listen to us talk for literally three hours an episode. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking, like, if we had been doing these weekly, 
we probably would have spent like 40 minutes talking about Caleb Kelly moving to the will. Yeah, because no, there was like not would. a lot of other things. We absolutely would. Um, so that's kind of probably what it would have turned into. Yeah, yes. So, and I'm not sure you guys really want to hear that. No. You know? Though, hey, that Jeremy Grant discussion was turned out to be really important because he's really Because he's the, the best player in the NBA now. So. Yeah. The Thunder needs to keep Jeremy Grant. All right. Important information. Um, so, spring game this weekend. It's going to be really cold, which is really stupid because mm-hmm. it was 87 degrees today. I can't Thursday. believe it's going to be so cold. It's going to be in the 40s with 30 mile per hour winds. In what might be the biggest recruiting weekend in OU football I'm history. I'm so excited. Like, unbelievable. Like, keep keep your eyes open. There might be, there may already be some eyeball emojis out there that we we don't have real confirmation on that. But, yeah. you know, keep your eyes open for some more eyeballs. Um, it's going to be huge. Um, Trace Atkins. Okay. What the heck? <laughs> what? So that was a decision, right? It was. Um, that so that's obviously that's a get fans there decision. That's not for the recruits. They're not going to no. be at that concert. It's fine. Um, I hope it works because I want there to be fans there. I'm there not needs to going be to the there. Trace Adkins concert. No, no, for sure not. Um, although I mean, it is going to just be like the thirty minutes before. I think it starts at twelve thirty. Well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully our spring game experience goes better this year than last year, and we don't miss the uh, interception run back for a touchdown because yeah. we forgot to, how tickets work. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, Trace Atkins is going to be there. It's going to be great. Marquise Brown's going to erase a normal person, and he's going to win. I, re- I really wanted to take part in that. That would have been so fun. <laughs> I want to get torched by Marquise Brown. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So we're, we covered the defense pretty much all we need to yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the offense. Okay. Because there's going to be two sides of the ball featured yeah. in this spring game. Do we want to talk, just make sure everybody understands that this spring game is going to be a little different than spring games in the past in terms of yeah. setup? do that. Yeah. Yeah, so in the past, um, the spring game has been as complicated as possible uh-huh. um, in terms of setup uh, because you just had, there were white guys in white jerseys, guys in red jerseys, the quarterbacks wearing blue jerseys with colored numbers. And sometimes those meant something, and sometimes they didn't. Yeah. Um, it was very difficult to tell who was scoring points when. Yeah, and I think it's – Bob Stoops definitely had no idea. Uh, yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. Of course. It was the least important thing. The scoring was the least important thing ever. It seems like this year, at least for the first half, it's going to be a football game. Yeah, yeah. So instead of just having teams decided by what quarterback is on the field – um, there are two, we got two rosters, um, split up intelligently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually some, there's meaning to be gleaned from the way these teams have been split up, which we'll get into. Um, and team, the white team is being coached by Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah. And Tony, and Tony Jefferson. Jefferson. Love Tony Jefferson. Love Tony Jefferson. Major Tony Jefferson fan. Right. And the red team is being coached by Trent Williams and Lane Johnson. Nah, that's fine. Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson used to follow me on Twitter, and then it stopped. I don't know why. Well, I don't know. Because there's no way it wasn't an accident that he didn't follow that he followed me in the first place. Yeah. Well, look, if he didn't, then you would have been you would have a follow from a Super Bowl winner, and that I doesn't would. feel right. No. Um. So yeah, so we got two different rosters, and they're split up so that like there's a degree of balance. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and 
there is meaning to be gleaned from the balance. Do we want to talk about the quarterback runner, running back thing? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, I looked at the, since we talked about this, I looked at it a little bit more, and it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like, it really seems like the majority of the offensive talent has been given to Austin Kendall. Yeah. Um, we're talking Rodney Anderson, C.D. Lamb. I think four of the five starting offensive linemen are yeah. on his side. Calcaterra. Calcaterra is on his side. Um, and the from what I get from that is, to me, if you wanted a competitive game, quarterback is still the most important position in football. Mm-hmm. So if one quarterback isn't as good as the other, you would want to give him a better opportunity. Yeah. You would want to give him more yeah. elite talent. Austin Kendall's um, supporting cast is much better than Kyler yeah. Murray's. Yeah, from an offensive standpoint, absolutely. Kyler Murray makes up a little bit of it on the defensive side of the ball, I feel like. Well, he's got Buki. He has Buki, and that's all um, you need. Caleb Kelly's on the red team. But he's not going to play because right. he's right. injured. That's the whole thing. Which side is Kenneth Murray on? Kenneth this Murray. This is important information. Okay, Kenneth Murray is on the white team. He's on the white team. Okay, so it seems like they've kind of given Kyler a bit more defensive talent and given yeah. Austin a bit more offensive talent. Yeah, so, which makes that, that, that'll challenge those defensive guys because they're yeah. going to have to be covering stronger skill players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, I don't know. I, it's not a lot to go off of, but it did. it is something that kind of stuck out to me because mm-hmm. – they aren't gonna just go first team against second team. Yeah, no, like it's did, there was an attempt made at competitive balance. Yeah, and there's and like one of the things we can glean from that is that Kyler Murray is winning the quarterback battle. Yeah, it really it really seems that way. You know, um, I will say unfair advantage. He gets to play with Lee Morris. So he does. That's and kind that of is a, a tough connection blow. that can't be yeah. like through time and space that will always be with them. Yeah. Um, Lee Morris has still 100% of his catches have been touchdowns, right? This is not – I don't think sure. that stopped last yeah. year. So, And one of which was from Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he is a – he's obviously a superstar. Um, so that's, that's something that's kind of interesting. There's going to be, like, a billion alums there. Like, they're going to do the Bob Stoops statue thing. Yeah. Like, it's going to be an event. You know, it's, it's not going to be an event thing. like what previous spring games yeah. have been where it's just kind of been – stupid and boring but no. hopefully it's at least entertaining for a half yeah which is the goal because this is now like the spring game was a dumb thing that happened yeah um for no reason mm-hmm. um really like the spring game has was viewed by bob as like you know it, this is to placate fans more than yeah else. no it was really probably he probably wouldn't even have had one if he didn't have to yeah this you know? was a thing where it's like we want a spring game so fan, so fans can be excited because they don't get to see football yeah. until August. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this is a serious recruiting event. Oh, um, yeah. And Lincoln is treating it that way, and that means that you know other aspects of it have to step up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that'll be, that'll be an exciting thing to see. Um, it's just moving into a new era, you know. The Bob Stoops era, like, just... This is just something he didn't care about, you know. Yeah. And Lincoln is emphasizing it, maybe more than any other coach in the country. Yeah. It would be nice if we were just Nebraska and we sold out our spring game as soon as we hired Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that would have been cool. But, um, but that didn't happen. No. Uh, God, that's. I really don't know how that's gonna go for them. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because I I like Scott Frost a lot. 
mm-hmm. and so do they. And oh, so yeah. I just hope that that doesn't end poorly. Yeah, if it ends poorly, Nebraska's dead. And we've talked about this before, yeah. but like that's this is kind of their their last hope. Like mm-hmm. if he can't fix them, they're unfixable. Um. So let's talk. I mentioned the offense earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a little bit. Um, there's, I mean, not as much to talk about on this side because, you know, other than the quarterback battle, which, like we said, it seems like Kyler Murray's probably going to do that thing, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I guess with Kyler we can talk about how he's apparently a good baseball player. Yeah, um, he just slugs the crap out of the ball, apparently. Yeah. Just a really good baseball He's Bo Jackson. Yeah, oh, yeah, surprise. Yeah, no, and if you look at some of the ridiculous schedules he's had to yeah. put up with over the weekends, like I think last weekend he had a, or maybe a weekend before last, he had a, a baseball game at TCU on Friday. Mm-hmm. He flew back to Norman to be at a scrimmage Saturday morning and then flew back to TCU and played a game that same day. Yeah, and they won those games, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they, I think they I think they won two or three against TCU, and both on Friday and Saturday. Um, and then from everything anyone says, like Kyler's winning this job. Yeah. You know, and not a surprise at all. Um, but what an impressive athlete. Really. Yeah. No. I mean, he is winning the quarterback battle while playing an integral role in a different sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's just to me, Kyler. If you want to compare him to Baker, like. Kyler to me is just more talented. <laughs> like Baker, it just he had the whole like he worked harder than everyone else, and he just had this unbelievable chip on his shoulder yeah. that carried him through. Yeah, and he was—I mean, he was a relentless creator. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, his ability. I can talk. I can talk about Baker for fifty-two years. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't feel bad about saying that I'm really excited about Kyler's potential, and I think that he yeah. maybe has a higher ceiling. Yeah, Kyler, to me, it just seems like he's naturally good at everything. You know what I mean? Like, he is just a naturally gifted athlete. We've talked about he's one of the best quarterbacks in Texas high school football history. Yeah. He did that also while playing baseball all through high school. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy is an unbelievable athlete um, and has played football at an incredibly high level before. Yeah. there is there is reason to believe that I don't think he's going to be as good as Baker because Baker became something that like just hasn't been seen before in college football. Yeah, no, Baker was incredible. Um, it's it's still just hard to find words. Um, yeah, but again, I think Kyler has a ceiling that mm-hmm. is hard to define at the moment, but it might be higher than Baker. Like, yeah, like, I mean, you've got a guy who can run a legit four three forty. He's going to open up an element of the run game that just hasn't yeah. been seen at OU yeah. since the wishbone days. You know he's, what I mean? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's almost certainly the most athletic quarterback that Lincoln Riley has ever worked with. Yeah, absolutely. Not even close. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's enough, Kyler Murray. Like, he's, he's probably going to be great. Yeah. Like, it's probably the case. Um, and... If he is great, there is no reason to think that OU won't be a top three offense again. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Like, Lincoln Riley seems like a savant when it comes to offensive football. Like, it just, he, his offenses, it's not just that they're good, it's that they are so unbelievably innovative. 
Yeah. Like, teams have literally wanted, NFL teams have wanted to talk to Baker Mayfield just to ask him about the offense. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a thing Mike Stoops says a lot. Mm -hmm. This is a thing you get anonymous quotes from coordinators. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Riley just, his offensive schemes are groundbreaking in the way they attack 11 positions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you put pressure on every guy, every play. He's going to find your weak link. If you have one, he's going to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's unbelievable. Um, but giving him the element of a guy who can break a 70-yard touchdown run from the quarterback position. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing. Um, you know, Baker could do magic tricks. Yeah. Right? Um, Kyler doesn't need to do, like, Kyler doesn't need to make a ridiculous, doesn't need to scramble and mm-hmm. find a guy on the other side of the field because he can, I mean, he can do magic tricks with his feet. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's going to be the difference is that this is a situation where a defense can do everything right. Um, and they can meet the challenge of matching up with this scheme and it might not matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's exciting. And I just think about a couple of the plays against Georgia where Baker was scrambling and he just couldn't get outside like yeah. He got tripped up. He almost would break it out there, but then he just got tripped up. Mm-hmm. That's not happening to Kyler. No. Kyler's getting outside of pretty much anyone that he wants. Okay, and I mean it's just exciting to think about. Um, he's gonna have some great receivers to throw to. Yeah, CD Lamb's put on like thirty pounds, which is unbelievable. CD Lamb might actually be Randy Moss. Like, like oh my god, he's incredible. Like, um, and. Towards the end of last season, you were seeing more competitive catches. You know, the Rose Bowl catch was unbelievable. Yeah. I expect to see that more. I think the nature of OU's offense, if you look at the skill, you have to imagine Lincoln Riley will optimize the talent, right? Yeah. So if you look at the talent, quarterback run game, Rodney Anderson is still at OU, Trey Sermon, running back depth is going to be a strength. So you're probably looking at a more run-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. With that, you're probably looking at more deep balls than what we've seen. And we've got a guy in C.D. Lamb who you can probably just kind of throw it up to, and he's got a shot. Yeah. And you've got Marquise Brown, who's faster than everybody. Yeah. That's un- like that's that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. That's going to be incredibly fun. Um, yeah. it's. I mean, it's going to force, like you think, teams aren't going to be able to put – a fit their most physical corner on Marquise to slow him down because they're going to need him on, need that person on CD. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're going to have to have two legitimate great corners to be able to match mm-hmm. up with our outside receiver threats. Yeah, and they're going to need to be able to do different things. And that's not even including, like, then you've still got to worry about Grant great at the opening Calcaterra yeah. over the middle. He still, he still was, by the way. You can't He's, take that from him. He was great at the opening. Um, and you know, then you got guys like Michael Jones. I'm, I'm interested to see Charleston Rambo. He's a guy yeah. that out of high school did a lot of the same thing CD lamb did in mm-hmm. high school. So he has that ability. Like, yeah, I'm not saying we have two CD lambs now, but we have a guy with elite talent that could be in that realm, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a guy that just wasn't quite ready as a true freshman, but you know, had a, he was one of the best players on our scout team. Like he's going to be probably going to be really good yeah um so weirdest thing that's happened in the spring offensively it's not even that weird because i trust bill beatenbow and pretty much whatever he wants to do 
But it really seems like Cody Ford is a tackle now, and that's like <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. Sure. Um, I don't – like there's not – Ben Powers maybe is the only other guy that I would think would be less likely to be a tackle than um, Cody Ford and mm-hmm. maybe even not. Um, but that's what it seems like uh, – uh has always been about getting his best five guys on the field. Yeah. And I think it's pretty obvious he thinks uh, Cody Ford is one of those guys, mm-hmm. and he needs to get him on the field. I would have thought they would move Sania out to right tackle because that's where he played as a freshman, but apparently they like Cody Ford there. I mean, yeah. this is – I mean, this could all be spring experimenting, but yeah. I don't know. It seems like Cody Ford's a tackle now. Yeah, and that's weird, but it's, it's fine. This is the this is the new this is the new thing. It's a, it's like small ball, but it's tackles. It's just tackle. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, like Cody Ford is going to be much larger than any edge guy he mm-hmm. goes up against. You know what I mean? He might struggle athletically, but if you look at it, like Orlando Brown wasn't an athlete. No, <laughs> as we saw. No, he wasn't. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, we were that was made painfully obvious to us through the pro day and combine yeah. circuit. Um, so it's not like Cody Ford is going to be less of an athlete than mm-hmm. Orlando Brown was. He's just going to be a little smaller, and is that really just going to be a little shorter? Um, so who who knows? Maybe Cody Ford's the next great right tackle at Oklahoma. Um, yeah, because Bobby Evans is playing left, and he's going to be awesome. Bobby yeah. Bill Beatonbow came out and said Bobby Evans was the best offensive lineman we had last year, which we talked about that last yeah. year, uh, how ridiculous it was that he wasn't an all-Big 12 guy. But yeah, um, he's going to be an all-Big 12 guy this year. Yeah, no, the line's going to be good. All right. What else do we have to talk about? Or do we want to – what do we want to – where do we want to go next? I think we can really close it with just talking about a couple guys that we are interested to see in the spring game. Okay. Do you have a – Let's just say one on each on yeah. each side of the ball. Yeah, and Buki is off limits because is off this limits. is the Buki show. Um, yeah. Okay. So we have. I mean, Buki, Caleb Kelly. Those are our boys on the defense. I think Buki might have already even surpassed Caleb Kelly in terms of just the hype train. But, but from us, <laughs> at least, he is a dude. Like yeah. I'm ready for Buki. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Buki's off limits. Um. I would like to see. Let's go with a weird edge case. I want to see Miles Tease. On what? Oh, not on. Oh, we're talking defense. No, 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 no. I'm talking. That's just a weird pick to me. Like that's a fine pick. Like it's weird. <laughs> Why Miles Tease? Because I feel like there's stuff. I, I I don't know. I think of this as an opportunity to learn, and I feel like there are things to learn about Miles Tease. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. He did have a touchdown catch in the West Virginia game from Kyler, so maybe yeah. maybe they have some chemistry. Um, right, so go with a normal thing. Offensively, I'm going to go with Kennedy Brooks because okay. he's drawn some pretty good praise. He also doesn't wear gloves, so that's going to be cool. That's It's going to be interesting to yeah. see. Um, and this guy... It's like, like a running back from the 60s. I know, right? <laughs> this is a guy that lit up Texas 6A football, mm-hmm. you know, for just like 3,000 yards as a senior. Um, and, you know, he's not going to be our starting running back this year, but we might legitimately have a great third guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm just – and backup running backs always get a lot of carries in these games, so it'll be interesting to see if he's yeah. able to do anything with those 
All right, you have a defender? A, a, a defender? A defender. defender. Um, I, yeah, Trey Brown. Trey Brown. Trey Brown. I like it. I want to – I I just want to see that. I want to see I want to see him cover Marquise Brown. That's okay. all I want to do. I want to see Brown on Brown. Brown on Brown. All right, I'm going to go with Ronnie Perkins. And Good choice. There's yeah. really only one reason for it. Ronnie Perkins is wearing number seven, and there's nothing <laughs> sexier in football than a defensive lineman wearing a single-digit number. No, it's great. It's truly incredible. Like, there is – no doubt in my mind that Ronnie Perkins is going to be an NFL guy because you can't not be and wear a single digit. Yeah. He's wearing number seven. That's going to that's gonna look sexy on the football yeah. field. He's, <laughs> he's playing left wing. Like, yeah. No, that is um, – yeah. There's Very nothing exciting. sexier in football than a single digit defensive lineman, and that's just what I want to see. And he's like – I'm sure he's good too. Like he was yeah. a really high recruit. And he's in for the spring. It's great. I'm excited. But he's wearing number seven, so that's why I want to see him. I think it's fair. Um, so anything else? Do we, we don't want to talk about basketball, right? The OU basketball team is no. a dumpster fire. No. It's fine. Yeah, it's – yeah. Um, Jeez. Is this Jeff Bidette? We've got the – we've got OU Pro Day going on TV. Yeah. Today was the worst day in terms of sports being on, I yeah. think, maybe ever. I think that was Jeff Bidette. When he ran a four two seven, well, that was fun to watch. Which was the craziest. Yeah. This is Emmanuel Beal. Here we go. He's about to run a four five. Four four five. Oh jeez. Six foot two eighteen can run a four four five. He's gonna play well. Yeah. Now we're now we're li- now we're vocally live tweeting the OU pro day. That happened like over a month ago, I think. Yeah. Or close to a month. Yeah, this is good podcast. Great podcasting. That means we are at the end. Yeah, of we're out of things to say. Be. We're excited about the spring game. We're going to be there. You guys should be there too. Yeah, we. Uh, Lincoln wants eighty thousand. Yeah, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get eighty thousand on a forty degree day. No. How many is he going to get? I'm going to say let's set the over under at sixty thousand. I think that's a good over under. Yeah. I'm going to say he gets over by like five. I think sixty five is the number. I think it's I th- I'm going under, but I'm going relatively close. I'm going to say fifty eight thousand. Fifty eight. Okay, I I think that'd be a pretty big disappointment. But, well, I'm sure it would be, but it's also going to be cold and yeah, it's true. Trace Atkins is not that exciting. Trace Atkins is the opposite of exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just when we found out like there was the a real thing where we had to decide like is this just like. Lincoln Riley being like, Trace Atkins, yeah, I'm from Muleshoe. Yeah, no. No, part of me thinks Lincoln was super pumped about it, and he had to, like, play it cool when he figured out that everybody hated it. Run, Wes! Yeah, we're watching a deep snapper run a 40. It's really important stuff here. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, part of me is just, like, Lincoln thought it was going to be great. Like, he's like, Trace Atkins, are you serious? I've seen him like five times in concert. You know what I mean? That's what I was kind of... But then whenever just... He probably found out immediately on Twitter, like, what the heck? Like, oh, no. So he's like, oh, yeah, we we didn't really have time to really pull anything in. (laughs) You know, that's absolutely what it is. We had... 
or chance the wrapper fell out in the last minute, you know, like, you know, it's, next year will be better, we promise, you know, we're sorry, I mean, it just, it is what it is, you know, that's kind of how we approached it, mm-hmm. the recruits won't be there, they were never planning on being there, you know, we definitely had things planned for them, that's kind of, that's what I think yeah. Lincoln was like, yeah. you know, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna have someone there to tape Trace, so he can watch it later. Absolutely. Because he's, you know, he's got probably a... No, he's got to hear Honky Tonk or Donka Donka. Honky Tonk. I, I heard him on the radio say he could probably hit the chorus of that song. I mean, <laughs> the man knows a little bit of Trace Atkins. I think there's a greater than 10% chance that he thought it was going to be awesome. And he was, like, surprised. That, I think that that's probably good. All right, do I have anything else to say? Uh, I... Probably, but we could just keep going. Yeah. I mean, we can. We should probably just end. I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, it's been great, um, and yeah, see you guys on Saturday. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Oklahoma underscore Drill. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store or on Podbean. Um, follow us individually on Twitter at RWMaxi and at Alex B Purdy. Um, and I think that's about to do it for us. I think we're done. In all likelihood, we will have a spring game recap. I know we said the same thing last year, and it never happened. We probably will actually do one we this year. We probably will do one. May, we might do one. This won't happen. But we talked about potentially doing one from um, Eldell Mitchell Stadium. Yeah, go go over and watch OU Texas. Yeah, just watch some... Just get some more Kyler. Yeah, get more Kyler. Yeah, we could have a... We could give you a play-by-play of his at-bats. Um... Yeah, it's not gonna happen. No, it's not. No, that would no. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys on Saturday.